and welcome to the One Link Podcast. I'm Amy, and I'm here with Brad. Greetings. Well, Brad, we're continuing our emphasis this winter on missionary biographies. So who would you like to talk about today? Well, I think we should talk about the missionary who has the coolest name of all time. C.T. Studd. C.T. Studd, that's right. So other than having a really cool name, what made you want to talk about C.T. Studd? Well, he's definitely more than a great name. In fact, you'll probably, you probably saw in the notes there that I called this episode C.T. Studd, more than a great name. I love it. Thanks. Uh, I think there's several things that stick out to me about C.T. Studd. The first is a willingness to sacrifice for the gospel. He was a man whose life was surrendered to Christ. He once said, if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. What a great quote. Yeah, and, and it wasn't just lip service. I mean, he lives this out and sacrificed comfort, prosperity, health even, in order to get the gospel to the unreached in several places in the world. I'm already intrigued. So why don't you give us a little bit of Mr. Studd's bio? Of course. Well, C.T. Studd was born in England in 1860 to a very wealthy family. So unlike our friend William Carey, C.T. mostly grew up in the comforts of high-class society and got a wonderful Cambridge education. Just reminds you that the Lord uses rich kids and poor kids to make a difference in the world. Amen. And as a young man, he excelled at the game of cricket to the point that he eventually became basically the top cricketer, I think that's what you call a cricket player, in England and was captain of the, the team at Cambridge. Later, he was on the national team. Now, I know that doesn't feel like a big deal to a lot of us right now, but it would have been back then in England. I mean, he was what LeBron James is to basketball or whomever is a big football person now. Who would you say? To be honest, you might be asking the wrong person. Okay, He's like the unnamed really good football player. He was that guy in his day. And so between that and the wealth that he was to inherit, he could have spent the rest of his days in leisure and comfort. But then God gets a hold of him. Yes, wasn't it during his college days that the Lord really got a hold of his life? It was, right, right around that time. At the age of 18, he has this encounter with a preacher, and uh, this preacher shares with him. He makes a commitment of sorts to Christ, but doesn't have a whole lot of transformation in his life initially. But later hears D.L. Moody speak, and this fire is ignited in him that burns for the rest of his days. Okay, so how did he get from there to overseas? Well, like all of my favorite people in this era, he signed up to join Hudson Taylor's China Inland Mission. You do like those China Inland Mission people, don't you? Of course, can't get enough of them. And in 1885, he sails for China and is part of a group called the Cambridge Seven. So him and six other men who joined the China Inland Mission and were all Cambridge grads. And before they left for China, they toured all around the UK and were very influential among college students, both there in the UK and in America. And so they arrived in China, and like Hudson Taylor, uh, they were very committed to the work and adopted the habit of dressing like local people and living a very contextualized lifestyle, which was still pretty new in missions efforts at that time. I see. So you mentioned earlier that C.T. was someone willing to sacrifice for the gospel. How did this begin to play out in his life? Well, it starts early in his time in China at the age of 25 when he realized, he receives this very large inheritance from his father. I mean, we're talking tens of thousands of pounds, a large sum at that time. And he gives almost all of it away to people like George Mueller and D.L. Moody and you know other worthy ministry causes and just saves back about 3,400 pounds. And later he meets this spunky Irish woman named Priscilla and falls in love with her. 
And just before they're to be married, they have this funny exchange where he he lets her know about this extra money in his possession. And she, being more than his match in the area of being hardcore, says, and I wish I could do an Irish accent. You, you want to give that a try? No, thanks. That's, that's all you. Okay. She says in a very cool Irish accent that I can't do. Now, Charlie, what did the Lord tell the rich young man to do? Sell all. Well, then we start clear with the Lord at our wedding. And so they proceed to give away this remaining money, as I said, just all in for trusting the Lord to take care of them. Wow, that's such an incredible example of trust and obedience. But I can imagine some of our listeners at home might be wondering if this isn't maybe taking things a little too far. Certainly there isn't anything wrong with having some money in savings. Were they a little out of balance here? Sure, I I don't see anything in the Bible that forbids having some money in savings. And we could just say that this was a uh, you know slightly over-the-top youthful zeal, except that C.T. Studd was doing this kind of stuff when he was old, too, so I don't know if that works. But, but I think it shows their absolute commitment to obedience and trusting God to provide, which we should admire and, and can learn a lot from. You know, balance is an interesting thing in the Christian life. I, I'm reminded of something that people used to say about some other missionaries from the early 20th century— Mildred Cable, Francesca French, and Eva French, the trio, remember them? And also with the China Inland Mission, of course. You really can't get enough of them, can you? I do love their story as well. Yes, and, and we need to do an episode on them. I know I keep saying that, but there are just too many great examples of faith out there. Indeed. Well, anyways, these three ladies were pretty hardcore as well. And they were always, you know, gallivanting about in remote desert regions of western China, sharing the good news. And people would sometimes criticize them for being out of balance. And I I can't remember which one of them said it, but one of them said something like, in order to walk, you actually have to momentarily lose balance. That's the only way to keep moving forward. And, And I've seen and read about a lot of people who did great things to help move forward the kingdom of God in difficult places. And some people might look at their life and say, They were a little out of balance, but they had great faith in the power of God and were willing to take some risks for him. And C.T. Sud was definitely someone that had that kind of faith and impact. Yes, he absolutely was. And the Bible certainly doesn't call us to balance in the areas of trust and obedience. These are areas we should be fully committed to. Yeah, exactly. Well, to continue our story, C.T. Stead and his wife Priscilla are there serving in China for about 10 years, if I remember correctly. Yes, I think that's right. And it's not easy. And this is a period of time in China, the late 19th century, where there's a lot of unrest and distrust towards foreigners. This is the period of time leading up to the Boxer Rebellion in the early 20th century. And there's a lot of anti-foreign sentiment that they are, you know, encounter. And so, uh, you know, they're often under threat, as are the Chinese people that they lead to Christ. And one of the books I read about C.T. Studd's time in China tells a story of a Chinese man he meets and who, who is just a really hardened man. You know, he's committed murder and adultery and, you know, according to C.T. Studd, every kind of sin. And he comes to know Christ through their ministry. And he says that he must go back and preach this message to his village. And so he returns and he gathers a big crowd there and causes such a stir that the Mandarin in the town, the official there, uh, sends him to be, to be beaten with bamboo. And they beat him until his back was, according to Stud, red jelly. Oh, that is a terrible image. Yes, and, and he's basically left for dead, this Chinese man. And his friends take him somewhere to recover. Well, as soon as he's able to sit up and speak, he says he must go back and preach to his village again. 
And despite their attempts to dissuade him, he ends up going and, and again, shares with a large crowd. But this time, they just decide to put him in jail. And, and there's a window in this jail cell. And, of course, he gathers a crowd around the window and is preaching to them right out of the window uh, right of his jail cell until finally the authorities just decide there's nothing they can do to stop him and they release him. So apparently C.T. Studd's absolute commitment to the gospel and, and obeying Christ was contagious. And in his journal, C.T. Studd writes about this, this man that was in jail. Such men are worth saving. And I think what he means by this is that it's worth the toil and the danger to see someone living for Christ like this. Wow, what a great story. So from China, C.T. goes back to England and does a speaking tour there and eventually goes to America and travels all over to speak about his time in China. Yes, and has a significant influence on mobilizing a generation of college students in both places to the nations. I mean, C.T. Studd's role as a mobilizer and inspirer of young people was perhaps his greatest contribution to missions efforts. Yes, this is probably a good reminder to us, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So after this time in England and America, he then goes on to serve in India for six years and then finally goes to Africa, where he spends the remainder of his days. Yes, and he doesn't just go to Africa. He goes to the farthest, most unreached parts of the interior of Africa, mostly in the Belgian Congo. And when he sets out on this long and dangerous journey towards the interior, he doesn't even know if the Belgian authorities who control this region will let him in. Apparently that was an issue at the time. But again, he believes God will provide. And after months of trekking, the door is open and he settles in the area that he would call home for the rest of his life. Well, I know we don't have enough time to hear all of the things that happened during his time in Africa, but were there any stories that stuck out to you? Yeah, so many great stories we could tell, but not enough time. Uh, I think what stuck out to me is that, like in China, C.T. Studd continues to pass on to his disciples the willingness to obey, no matter what the cost. Uh, there's one story that C.T. Studd writes about in his journal uh, of an African man named Zamu uh, who comes to Christ. And after seeing the powerful effect of the gospel in his own life and in the life of his tribe, he decides he wants to take the gospel to a different tribe about 100 miles away. And this was no small thing. Yes, I, I can imagine there would have been some risks, to say in the least, associated with doing that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, not only would the journey be dangerous, but this tribe was not very welcoming of outsiders. And there was the real possibility that they might kill him. And so one of C.T. Studd's colleagues is talking to Zamu about this and challenging him to kind of count the cost. And she asked some questions like, you know, what about your leg, Zamu? Apparently he had a, a bad leg that made walking long distances challenging. And, you know, you might starve or be killed. And what about your wife? Do you want to put her in danger? And, you know, our, our students can definitely relate to this one. What about the food there? You know, they don't have palm oil or salt in their diet there. And, and after each question, Zamu answers with three words, but God is. And that, I think that's a great summary of how C.T. Studd lived his life, believing that God is. What a brave and faithful man Zamu was. So how did things turn out for him? Well, despite the bad leg, Zamu makes it to the area where this other tribe is, and he manages to find a kind of a person of peace who takes him in, despite the fact that some others are very upset about his message. And even after all the rigors of getting there and risking his life, him and his wife find that one of their biggest daily stresses is the food there. Sometimes it's the little things. Sometimes it is the little things. As you said earlier, our students can certainly relate. Yes, and in particular, he misses having salt on his food. 
And so one day him and his wife pray, Lord, you have kept your messenger from starvation, but we long for a little salt. Send us this as a token that you are with us. Now, we might think that's a pretty silly thing to think to pray about salt, and but uh, God even cares about the little things in our lives. And sure enough, not long after this, a group from his village arrives and you know to visit them. And Zama was so encouraged to see them. And after they greet them, his friends pull out this large packet of salt for Zamu and his wife. I'm sure that was a really sweet moment. Well, Brad, we're almost out of time. Can you share a little more about why you think the life of C.T. Studd is a particularly important message for people to hear about today? I think it's an important message because we live in a day and age when you can kind of have your cake and eat it too, so to speak, when, when you're involved in international missions. And when you signed up for the nations in the 19th century, I mean, you were signing up to, to get on a boat for six months and serve in a place with deadly diseases you had no vaccinations for. And I imagine the sacrifice involved was a little more self-evident from the beginning. And praise the Lord that we now have things like jet planes and immunizations and visas. I believe these are ways the Lord is opening the door for the gospel to go forth to all nations. But despite these advantages, it's still true that getting the gospel to the ends of the earth won't happen without sacrifice. That is interesting. So do you think people who get involved in missions today don't always realize that they will have to make a sacrifice? Well, I think people can be, it's probably different for everyone, right? But I think people can be surprised by the sacrifice involved since maybe it isn't in your face as much initially. Or perhaps if you go on a shorter trip, it can seem very adventurous and romantic. But if you stick around for a while, you eventually confront the reality that it will cost you to be involved in the Great Commission task. Sometimes those sacrifices are relatively small. I, I can remember feeling sorry for myself a few times because I missed a lot of my friends' weddings and special events because we were overseas. And I know for a lot of people, being away from friends and family is an obstacle in thinking about going overseas longer term. Uh, other things felt a bit weightier. I remember one day I was out at a park and my kids, when they were really little, I mean like two, three years old, that range, they were playing on the grass just a little ways from me. And I walked over there and right near them was a broken vodka bottle and I used hypodermic needle. And this was one of several incidents around this time that made me ponder long and hard if it was worth putting my kids at risk. You know, and I worried that all their needs might not be met living overseas. Some days this was really hard for me. But the gospel wasn't going to get to that people group without risk and sacrifice. And it's worth it for the souls of men and women and the glory of God. It's worth it. And not only this, but God provides. I, mean, I couldn't tell you all the stories of how God met our needs during those years. And so C.T. Studd's life reminds, me, reminds us of both the cost of discipleship and the fact that Jesus is worth it. Amen. Well, Brad, that's all the time we have for today. It has been so encouraging to hear just even a few snippets of C.T. Studd's life. And I want to encourage all of our listeners to get a hold of a biography about him and learn even more. You will not be disappointed. Yes, I think all of our listeners need to Google C.T. Studd and Chocolate Soldiers, and you can receive some admonition from him to persevere and not give up. That's right. Look it up and don't be a chocolate soldier and melt at the first signs of trouble. That's right. Well, we'll see you next time on the One Link Podcast. We'll see you next time.